Conspiracy theory. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the dialogue. Real talk, real people. I am your host, Starlet Quarles, and we are talking about the presidential election uh, tonight for our series, Let's Talk Politics. So we want to hear from you. Give us a call here. 323-473-3100. 323-473-3100. Or post your comments or your questions on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dialogue LA or tweet me uh, at Star Quart. Now, before we were going uh, to commercial break, we were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Let me just say, I'm not opposed to Black Lives Matter movement or none of that. My thing is having a black agenda and people voting in terms of their uh, self-interest. And, and and I've been saying that since I've started the show about having a black agenda and to the extent that the Black Lives Matter movement is on the tongues of both these candidates. Um, I want us to be able to be clear in, in, from that perspective. And if you are not that you aren't opposed to what Black Lives Matter movement is doing, uh, but if you are in support, if you're not in support, have an agenda when you go to these polls. Vote in your uh, self-interest. So, Kenya, before um, uh, we went to break, I had, uh, you had I mean, at, at the uh, commercial break, we had talked about you being a Hillary supporter, and this is your yes. first time. Coming uh, out. P- publicly. Uh, so publicly, publicly, this is your say. first time saying that you... I will be voting for Hillary Clinton. So, so what is it about Hillary mm. Clinton that you like, ma'am? You good? <laughs> Speak your truth. Speak, your, speak truth to power. Yeah, say that. Speak say truth. that. <laughs> Don't you love when your friends just out you? Uh, you, like know you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You invited them. Okay, I did. <laughs> we are going to talk about it later. Um, why am I supporting her? Yeah. Firstly... Uh, as a woman, okay. I am concerned um, about the type of leadership that we have uh, in the executive office. Okay. Uh, I know what happens when women lead mm. across the board. Okay. I have seen it. I have lived it. Uh, I was trained by powerful women. In, so what happens when career. women lead? Uh, they uh, build consensus, okay. for one. Um, uh, we increase dialogue. Uh, and, and I think that we at- attack... Uh, um, and address issues with a much more um, humane and uh, uh, inclusive um, uh, approach. Okay. Um, I think there's something, whether you are a mother or not, there's something innately nurturing about women. Okay. Um, and when you put women in leadership positions, that is what happens. Secondly, uh, you know, I think that she is by far the most qualified presidential candidate we mm. have ever had. Okay. Do I agree with her on everything? No. Okay. Uh, but do you think I, she was more qualified than Obama? Yeah. Okay. You I think do. she should have beat Obama? Um, at the time, no. Okay. I think I think President Obama was uh, the exact leader that we needed at the exactly right okay. time, which is why I was a proud to uh, support him okay. then. And if he was running for a third term, I would support him again. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but but uh, I, I'm proud to support her. Okay. Uh, for, so do for you think reasons. America is really ready for a female president? I do. You do? Okay. I do. I think it's going to take a lot of courage. Okay. On whose part? Our on part our or? part. Okay. On our part. It's going to mm-hmm. take a lot of courage to have this conversation. Okay. Um, you know, uh, there's still a lot of disparities and in, in, in things that show me that, you know, we are still coming over that hump. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, I was in disbelief, uh, although I wanted it really 
really badly uh-huh. when we elected our first black president. I okay. could have sat here and said the same thing to you that right, I don't right. know if we're ready for this. Right, 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 but right. I think it's going to take a lot of courage, and I think we are at that precipice again. Now, you, you now we when we were talking about the millennials, you kind of distinguish between the older millennials and kind of the, the younger ones. So, so you said you're an older millennial. But, I have, but as but being an older millennial, how did you become so civically engaged? Were your parents? It they drag you to the polls. I, I, mean, I got a I got a thousand and one arms and hands beneath me lifting me up that got me to this place and, nice. and I was trained for this um, people sacrificed for me to be here so when I open my mouth and speak when I do the work in the communities um, it is less about Kenya mm-hmm. and more about a reflection of all of those people who have poured into me I'm like a stained glass window mm-hmm. I got you know pieces of everybody I carry okay. with me so do your current political views mirror that of your parents um, I think they are an extension of okay. you know I, I think in many ways I am I'm a little bit uh, more progressive while my parents are absolutely you know, uh, uh, civil rights yeah. <laughs> leaders uh, mm-hmm. of their time, um, particularly in the educational space. But I think I'm a little bit more progressive okay. and, and a little bit more daring. And I think as they were. Too. So what does it mean to be a political strategist? Ah. Uh, so, you know, politics is life. OK. Uh, every, politics is everywhere uh, from what you decide to wear and present yourself when you walk out the door to how you self-identify uh, with your race and ethnicity. Um, uh, uh, everything is politics. Mm-hmm. And so being a strategist means that I look at the world through a particular lens okay. and I'm able to identify political scenarios and strategize how to best navigate my way or my client's way. So are uh, you like an that. Olivia Pope? You know, it's KP and Associates, not <laughs> Olivia Pope and Associates. So. Uh, no, you know, it, but in terms of our perception of what a political strategist looks like, many of us use, you know, refer reflect. Yeah, that I, show. I think I think that there are parts of her. I mean, I don't sleep with married presidents. Of course mm-hmm. not. But you know, and I, you know, the oversexualization of that black woman in that role is something. But do against. you deal with people's, you know, uh, bad PR? Or do you yeah, I do. Okay. I do reputation repair. I do okay. campaign management. I raise a whole bunch of money. I, uh, you know, fix problems. Um, and I also am able to kind of create. Um, openings and spaces of and and allow for representation where they're currently so is how does one. one become that I mean how did you know how to do that is it something that innate were you taught you did sound you like my parents <laughs> <laughs> when I told them this is what I was gonna do uh, you know both my parents are educators and they looked at me and you know so what, is, what does that look like yeah they were like I don't really know how you think you're gonna do this so the, the answer is that I kind of carved uh, out a niche for myself okay. and kept my head down had blinders on and did the work you know this gentleman right here has had the privilege of knowing me for years and has seen me build this um uh and and it's not something that is just for myself it is kind of a collective um and 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 so it went started off as one campaign running one campaign you get one win um and starting off literally in field work Mm -hmm. uh you know it's a horrible uh, but you pun. had that desire I mean did you major in poli sci yeah I did okay I did All right. I did political science um, I've always been a volunteer on campaigns I was on the corner uh, outside of South Coast Plaza Mall with my mom at like 12 years old holding signs you know asking people to honk my mom so you're born to do I this. was born to do this you were born you know, to do this this is what I do William you were a Bernie supporter yes um, and you are now uh, endorsing I'm with her. you're now you're endorsing I'm with her. Uh, Hillary so tell us about Bernie what was it about Bernie that you liked and are you were you like heartbroken when he didn't make it uh, I, I mean I'm not naive enough to think that this was gonna happen okay I mean I love I think this this work in the primary was really about a, a labor of passion 
So um, when you went for Bernie, I mean, juxtapose that with, you know, Hillary. Why didn't you automatically just go for Hillary? What was it about Bernie? That I, I felt I wanted to be a part of the group that said enough is enough of okay. the, the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew, I mean, ultimately, I, I think I had uh, accepted the fact that I would be with her in the fall. Okay. And then the general, I would be voting for Hillary Clinton. But I think it, in the primary, I had an opportunity to stand up with someone who had stood with my community uh, since before I was a part of that community, mm -hmm. you know, from someone. And who, your community, mean the black community? The black community. Okay. Someone who marched with Dr. King, someone who advocated for not just uh, civil rights issues, but even in, uh, in the platform when he discussed this college. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Absolutely. that's a, a, access to education is a big piece specifically right. for young people of color. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is a pathway to success uh, and if we can provide access uh, free access to that I think that's amazing so to hear a candidate talk about those things and and talk about things that would help us break uh, the glass ceilings right. was amazing and, and be, be clear I have nothing against Bernie Sanders okay. in fact I love that man okay um, but I if love you had to choose passion. you had to go between but, the two you but here's going... the thing I also know where I am and okay. I know where I live and I know what this country looks like and in working in politics I understand that there are parts of uh, America that need fixing that need reform uh, and there are other parts that are going to stay relatively the same. There okay. are agendas that exist outside of people who occupy these offices. Okay. All right. And so you were raised with a picket sign in your hand too? Uh, I grew up, I think, watching my parents uh, be advocates, not just in the political space, but in the community sense. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a strong sense of responsibility to the community. Uh, you know, I grew up in Pasadena, last school district to integrate in the country. Okay. And so having seen the people who led that effort and, and been mentored by them, I had a responsibility to give back. You know, that door was left and swinging open for me to go through the ladder. Uh, there was a rope that I could climb uh, mm -hmm. to make my climb easier. And so, uh, you know, just as Kenya stands on the shoulders of others, I am a product of so many hours given, so many right. dollars uh, given, whether it was for me to go to a, a political camp or to sit uh, in an internship. So okay. it's a, it's my duty. Absolutely. And, and do your views mirror that of your parents? Uh, my parents are a lot more conservative okay. than I am. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I, but but also I think I have the ability to be more liberal because of my age. You know, okay. I don't have as much to risk, mm -hmm. um, and I understand as I grow. Uh, I I the older I get, the more the more assets I okay. attain. Right. I get a little more conservative. So. Fantastic. Okay, Shirley, I hear you. You uh, on a computer background, so when you're not talking, I'm asking you to put your phone on mute. Um, but I want you to talk. <laughs> I want you to discuss your political evolution uh, because you are uh, unique in that you are a black female and you also are Republican. So what were you yes, taught about? Uh, were your parents Republican? I mean, talk about being a black Republican. Well, you know, it's interesting because I come from a different era than those people that are on your panel today. I come from an era where it was about civil rights. Uh, my parents were born, my father was born in 1920, and my mother was born in 1928. They had a business called Tiny Town College on 39th and Vermont. It was a daycare center. It was a nonprofit uh, organization that would go into the urban communities, and we were able to uh, bring children in at a very, very low discount and, and cater to them. Uh, they did that for 40 years. They both passed on since then. As far as politics, I've always found it very fascinating, all the way back to junior high. Um, like I said, I, I come from a different era. Were um, your parents Republicans? So, no, that was not an issue back then. Okay. My mother was my mother was a Republican. My father was a Democrat. The issue was civil rights. It okay. wasn't so divided okay. uh, as it is now. It wasn't a clear line of where this and you're that. Uh, it was about the community, and it was, and that's where we have 
gotten away from where we're so focused on party lines and not focused on really that we all have the same goals and agenda to have a civil discussion and have a, a civil rights for all. So what, um, how did you evolve to uh, to identify with the Republican Party and the Republican agenda? With the issues that they represent, I'm curious. No, I know, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm trying to get to that. You know, I worked on Julia Dixon campaign. I worked with different Democrats when I was a little girl. As I became an adult and I went to church, there was a magazine. During, it was during the time of the Reagan-Carter administration. And there was a magazine that got put out with the Christian Coalition. And our pastor said, our African-American pastor said, you know what, I'm not going to tell you how to vote or who to vote for, but you can do your homework and study the agenda. And, I, and like these bright people that you have on your panel today, uh, I was like that as well. I was eager and I wanted to get politically even more engaged uh, from the age of 10 to the, to the age to when I became a teenager. And I realized that um, the Ronald Reagan uh, was more in alignment than I was. My parents owned their own business. They weren't government supported. Uh, they had nonprofits and they had helped other people that uh, built nonprofits, but they also believed in capitalism, that you had to go out there and make it happen for yourself. There was no talk of distribution of wealth in the sense of, of allowing someone else to control your destiny. But it the crack dealer major Reaganomics? Okay, so our, our guests have some questions Trickle for down? you. What, what did you say now? The cr- the man, the crack dealer, the man who brought crack into our community. You're talking about Ronald. Yeah, the one who contributed and, and, and brought crack into L.A.'s inner city. That's the Again, again I, I did interrupt you guys. I just wanted to say that that's how I became Okay. You asked me my personal okay. All right. how I became a Republican, okay. and at that time, that was not on the forefront. Okay. He was, he was not president at that time. Okay, so what do you so believe? How, how he evolved is, is what you're talking about in the future. I understand that, and there's other things that the Clinton administration has done to devastate your own generation and generations previously. Okay, and so what is it? what do you believe are some of the biggest misconceptions about black Republicans? I think one of the biggest misconceptions about black Republicans is that we don't care about our own community. That's that's far least the truth. The truth of the matter is that okay, we have that, so much desire to see growth and opportunity. It's interesting when I talk to young millennials or I talk to anyone that's a, a a Democrat when it comes to business. Everyone talks about small business. Now, now Shirley, I don't I don't mean to cut you cut you off. Are you on speakerphone? Because it's kind of hard to hear you. Is this better? Yes, that's much better. I'm sorry to go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't hear you. So what were some of your misconceptions? What were some of the misperceptions that people feel about black Republicans? I think some of the misconceptions that we don't care about the black community. Not only do we care, we have a format in our party that talks about capitalism and opportunity of growth from your own perspective. You know, I, I love how I, I continue to talk to Democrats, and then many of them tell me, well, you know, we have these nonprofits, or we need to have the government to intervene and take care of us because we cannot take care of ourselves. I've heard so many different perspectives, and I get, look, black people are one, are strong, we are forthright, we understand what we need to do to make changes in our own community, but what I love about the Republican Party is that this party talks about capitalism in a sense of small and big, not just global, but just every aspect. I want to see us talk about um policies of wealth in our own community on a global perspective and not just a small minute local perspective. Mm -hmm. And I believe the Republican Party definitely understands that. Uh, It understands that and, you know, we in our urban community, all I used to hear as a kid from the Democrat side is that we have to have uh, uh, subsidized programs. Uh, these are the ways that you do it. You get a small business loan and you continue to put yourself in debt. 
you know, when I got involved with Republicans, when I understood what true capitalism was, and that capitalism was, is those small LLCs or the big LLCs, are the S corporations, or we talk about OPM, other people's money, we talk about hedge funds. Um, these are things that you don't hear in the dialect to see people have of a little government. We believe in government, but it's just little of it okay. and more for the people okay. not controlled by government. And, and you know, and, and in all honesty, when I talk to any of the other, you know, black Republicans, uh, that's usually their reason why they join the party is because it's for business purposes. Uh, they want the tax breaks. They're making a lot of money. And so they think from a very, you know, entrepreneurial uh, perspective when it comes to joining the Republican Party, but can you, you want to say something? I'm going to defer to Will. Okay, Will. I, I would say, you know, and, and that I, I can't argue with your experience, but I want to say you are sitting and we, you're talking to two young people who own their own businesses. You're talking to Several. Two, two young people who are focused on building capital and and replicating the model across the country and Absolutely. globally. I mean, I think in our generation, specifically the millennial generation, we if, if there's one thing we understand is capitalism. Absolutely. If there's one thing that we are passionate about is building wealth, not just wealth for ourselves, but generationally and not relying on others to give us a job, not relying and on others. And I think that's great so, that you have that perspective, but, but your I party just, does not promote that. Well, your party doesn't talk about capitalism. Okay. Well, I think we have blue dog Democrats. Your party who, talks about constant government expanded programs and things to be taken care that's of. That's not the entire else. party. That's I think the, that has been so devastating for the last 40 years in our urban communities. And obviously we see that because if you were to drive in Brentwood or if you were to drive in Glenwooddale or Pasadena compared to L.A., South L.A., you don't have that impact of what you're talking about, of what you're becoming. You have to look at what your previous counterparts have created for you to step into and take over. Okay, well, respectfully, right. Shirley, let me just give you a little bit of my experience. Uh, I was born and raised in South Orange County, California, where a black population was less than 1% uh, in, in a, you know, family household with a medium income far over that of that is, you know, five, the 5%, top 5% uh, of wealth earners in our nation. And so I was raised in a family and understood very, very clearly what it was like to be a black child in that environment. And that despite uh, my, my parents' socioeconomic status, despite their involvement in civic engagement in the communities that we lived in, when I walked outside the doors of my house, I was still a black child. Mm -hmm. When I sat in the, in the, in the uh, educational, uh, uh, institutions, I was still a black child. Educational uh, institution meaning predominantly white? Predominantly white, okay. absolutely. Um, and I was a public school kid all the way through mm -hmm. college. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I, I, I want to offer to this dialogue uh, the notion of, you know, a person like a Donald Trump uh, who is supposed to be perceived as uh, anti-establishment, um, a projector of wealth, uh, and I just want to offer, given what has happened in the last decade okay. of America, um, that I don't think he is anti-establishment. Okay. I think he absolutely is the establishment. Mm -hmm. uh, he's Wall Street. Okay. He's Wall Street personified. All right. He's an established brand. And he's directly connected to the financial institutions, particularly in, in New York, which is where a lot of our uh, the base of finances are. So I, I just want to offer that because it's it's it, it's confusing to me when I hear supporters like Shirley uh, talking about the reason why you know they are uh, in support of somebody like mm -hmm. a Trump okay uh, it, it's so Shirley, yeah let me ask you so how do you separate the fact that the black community perceives not only the Republican Party but Donald Trump as racist you know 
I don't see Mr. Trump as that. I think everyone has to look at each candidate and how they perceive it. I mean, I think about Ms. Hillary Clinton and how the Honorable Louis Farrakhan made it very clear that he called her a very wicked, wicked woman. Um, you can find that online. You can and find he's all called the Donald Trump uh, the videos devil. that are talked about that. Um, so, I mean, we hear what he says on his perspective of where she stands. Okay. There's also the new Jim Crow. When we look at Michelle Alexander, who has this book called The New Jim Crow, mm, well, and she makes you. it very clear about the Clintons and their perspective and their long-term agenda of how they had a perspective of incarcerating more and more black people. Not only did it, but Bill Clinton, under his administration, with the help of Hillary Clinton. Now, you guys don't know this because you're young, so I'm going to throw the, the actually, card on the table. Actually, we do. Very aware. You're talking to some very educated and civically engaged guests. Can I get my thoughts, please? Okay. We just want to help you state the facts. Thank you very much. Can I? Thank you very much. If we look at Clinton's perspective and the Clinton administration, during the Bill Clinton administration, they had the largest massive incarceration of federal prison. That was his agenda and his history. He had the largest incarceration of our people. He also is a champion for three strikes you're out. That was a law back in 1994. Mm -hmm. He made that in the State of the Union trust that he was going to address that, and he signed the bill of $30 billion. He had black men making prisons for other black men. Now, you have... And then forthright, you also have Hillary Clinton, who was a supporter of that bill. And I correct you, she was not president, nor was she elected official at that time. I understand that. The problem I have with this is that she started ranting at many conferences and seminars, and that's also online if you go to Young Turks. So, Shirley, let me, let me ask you. Right. She calls black people okay. super predators. So how can you support a candidate that calls you a super predator? Has so, Shirley, let me, let me ask you. your aunt, your but uncle, me, your cousin, me, and now you're going to support this woman who who don't give a dawn about black okay, wait, people. Shirley, 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 put a period in that sentence. So, so in addition to talking about blacks, um, he also talks about Hispanics and he also talks about Muslims. So it's not just his when they call him racist. It's not just from the things that he's saying about the African American community, but it's what he's saying about a, a variety of different cultures. But I wanted Kenya to say something. You know, I have never associated myself with someone who called me the black okay. or his black mm -hmm. uh, or his African American. Well, um, I never and, wait, 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 oh, Shirley, Miss Shirley, Miss Shirley. Shirley, thank you. Uh, I, I have never associated with somebody like that, and I won't. Okay. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I think in terms of what you're talking about, the 1994 crime bill. I think you'd, uh, I'd offer to you to, to check your statistics a little bit because I think that you know the the uh, criminal justice uh, policies of the Reagan era and of the Bush, the Rockefeller drug laws. Thank you, and 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 uh, of the Bush era, uh, the war on drugs specifically um, uh, had a lot more of an impact. Uh, to start the wave that was then furthered by the 1994 crime bill. I think that those pieces set the stage for the 94 crime bill to stand on those legs. So if we're going to point fingers, I would hope that you could reference well, I, those I bills first. If you go to thenation.com, you also follow, again, Michelle Alexander, uh, the new Jim, black Jim Crow. She also talks about that Hillary Clinton, the Clintons left the administration in 2001 in the United States and had the highest rated incarceration in the world. That means that they put more humans in jail than anyone else in the world under their administration. And here you have the percentages African American that contribute 80 to 90 percent of all drug offenders in the state. I mean, in, in the prisons at so, that time. Okay, that so, under so, the Clinton administration. so who is to say what Hillary Clinton really has an agenda for? Okay, okay. 
okay. that she passed to young people like you who continue to throw numbers of who they are on the table. I've been in business for all my life. My parents have been in business for 40 years. I'm the CEO of Story.com, S-T-O-R-Y. My children are all into tech. I have a 28-year-old. I have a 24-year-old. And I also have a 19-year-old who is in cybersecurity, and they're all into social media. Our whole family's in social media. So I'm very clear of what social media has done as far as impact for you. But if you do your homework, darling, and you just find out how she thinks of you as nothing than a less than cattle person. And you believe Donald Trump okay, looks at you as okay, Shirley, like anything other than his Shirley, Negro? Okay, Shirley, oh so we're about to go to commercial break, but let me ask you this. Um, you are supporting Donald Trump. Were you supporting him from the very beginning? Was he, was he always your candidate? When I was on Black Hollywood Live, you can research this as well online, when I was a co-host, I spoke very well of Donald Trump, and I explained why I'm supporting him, and you can research that as well. Well, yes. just tell us. I don't have time to research it. So tell us. I'm just asking, because there were 17 different candidates, so I just was just asking at the onset, have you been with Donald Trump? I don't Trump? support the establishment on either side. I think they're all in bed together. Okay. okay. I think to sit back and lie to yourself and think that the Democratic Party is going to continue on with their rhetoric to change something that they haven't changed in the last 40 years, I think you're lying to yourself. I thought that the Republican Party has been failing in many aspects, but I still have faith in this party because I know people within this party. Okay, but so I tell us why you're supporting on both Trump. sides have a disnomer of not knowing what's going on in the urban community. Mr. Trump is a man of business and structure. He knows how to build a community, Jesus. and he's been in communities nationwide. He's a $10 billion capitalist, and I think that he can teach a lot of us how we can restructure our and, own and financial. So, so why do you wealth. think he would be, and, and I'm just speaking very, you know, specifically, why do you think that he would be the best candidate for black America? I think it's the best candidate because I think that's one of the key components that we're failing in our urban communities. Look, look how long it's taking for Malton Square to come together. It's just taking forever in these urban communities. Look what's going on in Detroit. Look what's going on in Chicago. In Detroit, Flesh, Michigan still have no water corrected yet. Look what's going on in Detroit. The people are having mass foreclosure oh, properties, and then they're putting people in Syria and giving them money and selling that people in Syria have more value. But who's governing those communities? Black leadership. Black leadership has allowed itself to be horned in on the Democratic side. So to get you think checked. we need a white man to come in, save it? You go okay, you okay Shirley. No money, and all of a sudden you're a multi-millionaire when you come See, this out. this is why I need you to come to the studio, because so then I can look at you and tell you when to stop talking. Shirley. Let me okay. let me run my show. I, I can't I can't. You're, you're talking, so uh, I, you know our guests want to respond to you, but you you, you keep talking. So uh, Kenya has a, a response. They're going to go to commercial break. Do you? Sorry. All right. So Shirley, I'm going to give it to you when you come back. So I have take, a lot to say. I mean, I think here's in okay. closing. You know, I, I think that so much attention is paid to the federal. Uh, presidential elections and a lot of the issues that you're talking about, Shirley, are state, are, issues. Are state issues and they are local municipal issues. And I think that that is one of the uh, uh, unfortunate uh, byproducts of a misinformed of a misinformed public. Miss Shirley, I respected your okay, time. Okay, Shirley, I'm going to let her finish and I'm going to commercial break. So please hold your thoughts. That is one of the that is one of the the misfortunes of a of a uninformed uh, uh, electorate is that they blame different branches of, of our government for okay. problems that are solved at different levels. I we, we absolutely agree that the Flint water crisis needs to be addressed. Um, we absolutely want you know criminal justice reform to take place. Uh, but we understand through you know the separation of powers how you can affect change in those areas and I look okay. forward to discussing that okay. with you after the All right, break. Shirley, I'm going to go to the commercial break and I'll come back and come straight to you. We are talking about uh, the presidential election. Uh, Hillary versus Trump. Uh, we have uh, Kenya, who is supporting Hillary. 
uh, William, who is supporting Bernie, or who's supporting Bernie, and now is on the Hillary uh, train. And we have Miss Shirley Hussar on the phone, who is supporting Donald Trump. So make sure you give us a call here. We want to hear from you. 323-473-3100. 323-473-3100. Especially if you're a black Republican. We want to hear from you. Don't just leave. Unicorns <laughs> do exist. Please so we, call in. So please, all you black Republicans, we all want to hear from you. You can't just have Shirley hit, uh, you know, just out here by herself. So give us a call. 323-473-3100. We'll be right back. Oh, 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 oh. Everything, everything, everything. What is meant to be? 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 Everything, ever